as soon as he died in stock. And John, does it count if you beat half a team? <laughs> I don't care if it really counts. All that matters is we get another notch in the W column. Landon, that was <laughs> a really good opportunity for uh, down on its luck defense to kind of get back into motion, get back to winning and stopping folks because I'm telling you, I love that win, love watching it. Chicago's offense is just really, really bad. I think that's even being a bit nice to them. I would say it's downright pathetic. <laughs> Their offensive line has been in shambles all year. Their best running back, David Montgomery, is like Frank Gore, but a step slower in his prime when Gore was never that explosive. Their only explosive play on offense is just throwing a 50-50 ball to Allen Robinson. What has happened to Nick Foltz? I don't know. I mean, like we talked about leading up, we knew there are two versions of Nick Foles. You're either getting, you know, Super Bowl Nick Foles or you're getting the atrocious version that throws a bunch of picks and makes a bunch of, uh, you know, terrible throws. I mean, he finished with over 300 yards, two touchdowns, so he's not – it wasn't the terrible version, but – Oh, no, yeah. that, was, that was garbage yeah. time, man. He true, very true. Yeah, no, it, it, when the game mattered, he was not – in the right frame of mind. And uh, I don't know if he was worried about our basically non-existent pass rush, or maybe he was just, uh, I don't know. Even though the defense has still got to answer some big questions, I do think it's good to just kind of get some of that confidence back. On one hand, Landon, Desmond King looked really good. Breon Borders, who none of us have ever heard of. <laughs> Derek Robertson, guys that had to play. Uh, those guys all look good. In a way, it's good for them to get in the system and kind of get that that experience out of the way, but we really don't know how good these guys can be until they play a real team, right, Lan? I think that's a fair assumption, but we should also take into account the fact that J-Rob overhauling the entire roster, making cuts to high-priced veterans like Joseph and Vic Beasley, I think that lit a fire under some guys and motivated guys because when you see guys who get paid a lot of money in free agency, they get cut, they get thrown out the door, you know things are getting serious that you better step up or you'll be the next one out. I think that motivation helped play into things. But also, like you said, the Bears' offense, it's not as bad as the Jets' offense, but it's in that bottom tier. I also wonder if you've got to think that the Bears, they were virtual pretty much all week with their practices. I wonder if right. that played an impact on, on that team. Yeah, it didn't help. We know. Man, they look so I mean, bad. Not everybody can be like us and come out on fire after you know, <laughs> That's true. a week and a half of no practice. That's true. Uh, <clears throat> along with those guys I mentioned, Borders, uh, Robertson, Desmond King, of course they look good. Landry, I think, picked up the slack pretty well. And we're going to absolutely need Harold Landry, too. You know, he looked good Sunday. So that game was a lot of fun, but we can't spend a, a ton of time on it because I don't know how much it tells us. Of course, they do have a good defense, and A.J. Brown keeps proving that uh, you can spend a lot of assets to stop him. He's just, he just takes one or two plays. The guy is so good. Tannehill looked more like himself. Uh, uh, Tannehill did look a lot better, but I just want the three of us and everybody listening to take a second and acknowledge that beautiful dime Tannehill launched to AJB uh, with his touchdown. I mean, that ball was so perfectly placed, and AJ Brown caught it over the shoulder. I mean, it was a thing of beauty. It might have been the awesome. prettiest pass I've ever seen him throw. Yeah, Tannehill doesn't really get credit for having that level in him, but he can make it look really good and just, man, he just put it right right in the breadbasket. We loved that. We loved seeing that. It doesn't get any better than that, so it was awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys, let's quickly transition to the Colts. We always love playing the Colts. I never like going to those games because they find a way to beat us even when we have the better team. 
that being said, the Colts have their issues. They're five and three. We played this game on a Thursday night, short rest for both teams. Lots to talk about here with the Colts. This will be our first time seeing Phillip Rivers. Of course, we're going to see this team twice in the next three weeks. Uh, of course, this game is here in Nashville, and then we'll see them two weeks after that in Indianapolis. Let's do our weekly segment. Will we see Adore Jackson? Every week, it seems like I'm saying, this is the week he's been practicing. Why not? <laughs> this would make perfect sense for him to play now, but we're recording this on a Tuesday. On Wednesday, so tomorrow, is a deadline for us to activate him to the active roster, and it's looking like they will. And Adore was apparently a game-time decision against the Bears on Sunday, so I feel confident about him playing Thursday. I know I've said that for like a month straight, but I do have to <laughs> wonder if, because we would be playing on a short week, and we saw guys like Jeffrey right. Simmons, Derrick Henry get snap counts and they sat out a lot of the fourth quarter. Yeah. You have to wonder if right. the team was preparing for the short week. They were. Once they knew they could win this game, absolutely they were. Because we saw when we played the Texans on a short week after we played the Bills, injuries hit us pretty hard that game because we had went at full right. strength on the Bills game. They went full strength into the Texans game. That's when Lawan's first major in- injury popped up. Right. It's rare that in an NFL season, you get that fourth quarter off. You you can never predict when you would get that, and I think that's going to be a huge advantage for us. Do we have a chance to see Clowney this week? What's the latest on him? So far, he hasn't practiced at all this week. I would be surprised if he did. There is talk that he would need surgery on his knee, potentially season-ending surgery for how far we are into the season. I wouldn't expect Clowney to play. I know it's a big game. We need him, but if his knee is so messed up where surgery is on the table... I don't see why, how he would be active for this game. Especially on a one-year contract, John. I don't know. I, I worry because I think he could be really helpful to us. John, what do you, what do you think? Are we going to see Clowney? I want to, but I really don't see it happening. I mean, like you said, he's on a one-year deal. If we're truly treating him as this like specialty pass-rushing asset, we're going to be very careful with him. So we have him for the rest of the season. Now, right. I've seen a couple different reports if he has it fixed partially we're looking at a four to six week timeline if he has surgery to correct the issue fully he's out for the rest of the season that's something that we have to act that we have to consider and do we think that he's going to be back to full strength or at least to finish out the rest of the season i i expect us to be incredibly cautious with him if he's going to be hampered with this the rest of the year i, I kind of expect him to have surgery and i don't know what kind of a market it creates for him next year, and you'd have to think that maybe we well, have be to... would be better than if he comes out and gets hurt even worse. Right? True, very much so. Go ahead. His people may want him to go ahead and have the surgery now. That's him playing a full year or battling back could also help his value. So I bet they're going to take the next week or two and see how it heals on its own and make a decision. I'm almost wondering, like, long thinking long-term, mm-hmm. if that gives us an inside track on maybe retaining him on a cheaper deal, like having him in the building... Um... But, I mean, that didn't work out for the Seahawks this past year. So, right. I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a very curious case because I think he's a lot different than Beasley in the sense that we saw an immediate oh, yeah. impact. And, you know, effort's never his, his knock. Right. So, I'll be curious to see how this unfolds. Right. Just as importantly, <clears throat> Roger Saffold, of course, left the game with a shoulder injury. Well, Saffold has practiced in a limited capacity this week, so I expect him to play on Thursday. It was scary because he was hurt. Like you said, he was hurt. And then he was out the rest of the game. But I think that comes back to the game was pretty much in the bag by the time it came down to that decision. The Bears didn't scare us. Don't run the risk of any any extra snaps when we're playing on a short week. 
we didn't need him in that capacity. Of course, this game is in Nashville Thursday night. Is Philip Rivers going to be in town early enough for uh, your family and his family to have a play date? How, how does scheduling that work? Well, uh, you know, it's all through Zoom right now, but uh, okay. we've kind of talked to the families and we're going to have this thing where all 76 of his kids are going to meet up with my two and, you know, they're okay, just going to play, cool. play around together. All right. Uh, Zoom play date. I bet children love that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Philip Rivers has not wowed anybody, but he's been gutty enough that they're, you know, here they sit five and three. Um, it's not a situation like the Bears or even us when, uh, you know, when we lost that game to Cincinnati, like, are they real type thing? It's just like, yeah, they're, they're a gutsy team. You wonder what their ceiling is. Rivers has looked good, not great. I expected – Jonathan Taylor, I always want to say Thomas, Jonathan Taylor to be better, John. Uh, he has all the tools, all the attributes. We talked about that this spring during the draft. He's not broken through yet, has he? No, not at all. And even, I mean, the Ravens are a very tough defense, but he only logged six carries for 27 yards. And he did get one touchdown, but it was kind of like a, an old school jump over the pile touchdown. I honestly don't think he's got the confidence of the coaching staff. We've seen no, him play. He clearly okay. doesn't. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Because they don't have him in enough because I guess they don't trust him to block. Jordan Wilkins had 11 carries for 39 yards, so he's right. roughly close to what Taylor was, averaging three and a half yards a carry. Taylor, I, I think it's really hard for rookies, especially at the running back position, to come in. and You know, you're expected to pick up these chip blocks on people like, you know, TJ Watt and, you know, these huge defensive ends and outside linebackers. And it's just something you can't really replicate or – or or do leading up to jumping into the NFL. It's a much tougher assignment and the offenses are so much more complex with a bunch of different ter- different terminologies. I think it's just somewhere where he struggled and I think a guy like Frank Reich, he is not going to put you out there if he's if he doubts your ability in a certain uh, situation. So I think that's why we've seen him kind of get off track and was the presumed starter and maybe lost confidence in himself after being kind of essentially demoted. Landon, let's get your evaluation on the skill position players on offense for Indianapolis. I would say their weapons are underwhelming, but they're not terrible. Phillip Rivers does enough. They have five receivers with over 200 yards, but no one with over 300 yards, so it's a balanced attack. Marcus Johnson and T.Y. Hillen both missed the Ravens game, so Michael Pittman got an increased role, but on the year he hasn't done much, only 135 yards. And you mentioned their tight ends. Jack Doyle has missed a few games, and he's dealing with a concussion this week. Jack no Doyle, because he's in the concussion protocol, I think he will be out for Thursday. Yeah, so they'll have Cox and Burton. Not, not a bad one-two punch there. No, but history has shown that Jack Doyle is the Titans killer. So, you know, I, oh, I'm kind is. of a little yeah. glad. I'm, I'm kind of glad that he won't be playing. You know, I wish the best for him and hope he recovers well. But right. um, I'm not going to be upset that he's not going to be in the game. For years, I was always terrified of this game because uh, T.Y. Hilton has just been a Titan killer as well. He's finally came back to earth this year. He has not been a really effective player with Phillip Rivers, and he's battled injury the last three weeks or so. Maybe we finally are done getting just absolutely torched by five-foot-nothing T.Y. Hilton all over the field. Man, he was just incredible between the 20s for it's what seems like the last eight or nine seasons. Their offensive line is above average kind of uh, across the board. Mark Glowinski is a guy you probably haven't heard of. Fourth-round pick, 2015 from West Virginia. 
John, this is an underrated player, and just is there a better na- offensive lineman named than Mark Glowinski? Uh, no, sure. he comes from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, so of course I know about him. <laughs> All right, okay. Yeah. I actually didn't realize that, oh, yeah. but uh, he's played very well. <clears throat> so not only do they use assets and resources for this offensive line, they are done a good job of developing guys. This guy was not a big-time prospect, but he has played just as well as anybody not named Nelson on that line this year. Especially our defensive line has not done a good job at pressure. Uh, this is a big challenge for somebody to to break through. Yeah, and, uh, you know, unfortunately for the Colts, I think it's a little too little too late because obviously they drafted Andrew Luck and they let him get beaten up right. for years. And then they finally right, started exactly. to address the offensive line. And now they've got one of the best ones in football and Andrew Luck is in retirement. So, of course, it works out that way. Uh, as a Titans fan, I'm not hating that. But, you know, because who knows what Andrew Luck could have done with this offensive line. And we talked about this group of receivers are better than what he's ever played with for the most part. So it, it could be, it could have been a whole different narrative. But you're right. The offensive line is very solid with Glowinski. And we know about Quentin Nelson, complete man-child out there. They are built the right way as far as the offensive line goes. Always something you have to be considerate of, especially because of our dwindling pass rush. Something very concerning. <laughs> I would I would go register to say maybe maybe Roberson can play better for us we're gonna have to maybe get creative we haven't blitzed a ton I know we were a little more creative with peas maybe that'll happen of course Jeffrey Simmons I think is our best player this year and he has just been incredible he puts pressure on the quarterback sometimes but he always is there on the run game and he just kind of ties up the middle without being a nose tackle the guy is just really something he has really impressed me like Landon said, I am not like scared of their weapons or anything. I'm just scared of Indianapolis just overall, just the way they've played us well. They've played up against us. It just doesn't jump out at you. They have, uh, they have a good coach. I think we all know that if we can't get pressure, and that could very well be the case. But this is a wonderful game. Vegas thinks that, right, John? Opened, I think, at, uh, as two-and-a-half-point favorites down to two right now. Yeah, right now it's uh, hovering around two to one-and-a-half points. So, I, the, obviously – that line, I think, by the time we hit game time, it might even be just a one-point favorite. Obviously, the the confidence is dwindling nationally, um, just because of our injuries, our inability to get to the quarterback. They recognize our flaws, and I think it's probably accurate. Unfortunately, I wish we could have gone in here at like six-point favorites or something crazy, but uh, it's not going to happen. You wonder is kind of up and down as we've been lately. Why we would be two and a half point favorites? The Colts, I think, the hesitation on them, their schedule. They're five and three. The best win they have is against a three and five Lions team. They lost in week one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They beat the Minnesota Vikings, and then they beat the Jets. Who cares? The Bears. Then they lose to the Browns, and then they beat only by four points the Bengals. And then, of course, they they beat the Lions and then were beat by two touchdowns last week at home against Baltimore. We haven't exactly played a murderer's row, but – we have that win against Buffalo. We played Pittsburgh well. That's the holdout on the Colts is like, that is not a great schedule, right, Landon? Yeah, and their wins haven't exactly been convincing. You mentioned the Cincinnati game. They had to come back down from 21-0. I know we lost to Cincinnati, but at the same time, if you're down 21-0 to the Bengals, obviously that says something about your team. They're winning because their defense has been great. They've probably been one of the three best defenses overall. But the offense isn't that inspiring. It does just enough. That combination just gives a team a high floor but a low ceiling where they'll win games against not-so-good teams, but 
if a couple of bad breaks go against them or they play a good team like the Ravens, they just don't have the firepower to keep up where in a league where offensive records are going to be falling left and right, you can't win with just defense and a bit of offense. You have to have a lot of offense. I criticized the Colts this spring when they traded the 13th overall pick in this past year's draft for DeForest Buckner. And then they gave him $22 million a year. He has been a really good player this year, both as both against the run and especially against the pass. Really good player. Well, DeForest Buckner fills the same mold that Jeffrey Simmons does for us, where he's not the best pass rusher, but he just causes so much havoc in the interior offensive line that the back seven just benefits from that because two guys have to be on him at all times. Darius Leonard has been great as always. Kenny Moore is one of the best slot corners in the NFL. Xavier Rhodes, who was literally the worst cornerback in the NFL last season, has bounced back and been playing at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah, he's rated by Pro Football Focus as the fourth cornerback of 116 that qualify. Xavier Rhodes has, on paper anyways, played very well. And their young rookie safety, Julian Blackman, has filled in flawlessly from Lee Clicker. He looks like a great young center fielder. I'd say the weakness of their defense would have to be through the passing game. They're second in yards per attempt allowed. And while they're seventh in passing yards per attempt allowed, which isn't much better, it's just their defensive front is so strong against the run that we saw against the Bears who weren't even as good of a front seven where Derrick Henry against a tough front seven, if he doesn't break a big one, he's really going to struggle. And they don't, have the, they don't have the secondary that Chicago has. They don't have Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson. I expect Tannehill to have a bit of an easier time. John, I expect Ron Tannehill to continue to kind of get back to form. And I want to see more Johnny Smith. I wonder if that ankle injury for a guy that's that explosive, although he could play on it, I wonder if that hasn't limited him in the last few weeks. He has not been the same. No, he hasn't. You're right. I want to see him more. Um, I, I thought it was very telling, kind of like you did, that he wasn't involved until late. He had two targets, and one was for a great catch, and the next was for, was for a touchdown. So clearly, um, he's on the field and able to produce. Um, I just wonder if it's more of a, a red zone type where you can go to a spot, catch a ball, and come down, uh, which might hint that that ankle is a problem. I like the thought of maybe him getting some more more targets. But one thing I wanted to comment, too, on you guys were talking about Tannehill, and going against this defense, they have three pick sixes on the year by three different wow. players, which is a little bit concerning to me because we've seen Tannehill, specifically over the last two weeks, try to fit the ball in some pretty tight windows that even, you know, we're sitting here watching the game that don't make sense. So he cannot afford to do that. We need the efficient, calm, cool Tannehill that we've come to know and love, not the guy that takes these risky windows um, because this defense is going to make us pay for it. Do you like these Thursday night games? Do you like when the Titans play? I, I love us being on primetime. I like these because we can watch Sunday ticket on Sundays. Thursday night games, sometimes people make fun of the matchups, but they get great ratings. We've been really good on Thursday night over the past couple of years. We've, we've had great games like Derrick Henry's 200-yard game against the Jags. And I think since probably Mariota's rookie year, I believe we're undefeated on Thursday night, even though it's only one a year. I do like, like you said, primetime national audience getting Buck and Aikman, which we never get because we're never on Fox. And it is nice after a game on Sunday to have a game just four days later. My only concern is that every time there's an injury, my mind just immediately goes to the worst because injuries on Thursday night disproportionately are worse than injuries on a Sunday. I think it's proof of recuperation that's really needed. It's not four or five days. Uh, I, I think uh, that does scare you. That's a really good point. 
Because I just think about, hey, it's Thursday night. It's fun. But I think it's really tough for the players, John. There is a lot of fatigue with it. I mean, we see how hard these players play on Sunday. And to then turn it around in just a couple of days, it's tough. When we have gone to games, you don't really like going to these Thursday night games because it's a turnaround to give and go to work. But do, do you like watching these games on TV? Kind of like you said, we're in prime time. Um, and, you know, we're always going to watch this team <laughs> wherever we are. But right. it gets the national media a different opportunity to, to look at this team and for, you know, people in California to watch the Titans and people who don't typically watch us and hopefully grow our fan base. And they get to hopefully see the reason why we're such huge fans. And I, I just love that primetime slate, whatever it is. I mean, we saw that with large ratings when we played Tuesday Night Football this season throttled the Bills. So I hope that we get another opportunity like that and shut down this dangerous Colts team and, you know, really take a, a stronghold of the division. That's what's more, more important to me. Every day with football is a better day. So when we have football during the week, it's always even better. Big fella, historically, and you, you know this about me, uh, on these Thursday night games, the one thing I do not like is a lot of teams, especially us, we've worn kind of our alternate color, solid, whatever they call it, color rush or whatever. And our light blue has always looked like all our guys are wearing jammies. <laughs> I've always hated it. What do they plan to Yeah, so all night? reports right now indicate that we're going to wear the dark navy on dark navy, which I think is our best combination. There's been a lot of <laughs> outcry in the social media circles about us wearing the light blue jerseys, and you know we have not performed well in them. And <laughs> I've even seen people go crazy enough to post offensive or just total game statistics based on what jerseys we've worn, and we are at our most dangerous and and when we wear dark blue. You see Henry with his bee stinger and in all dark blue. He's he's Love coming it. for you. It's going to be awesome. Landon, don't give me a score, but what's your feel for this game? Uh, I'm worried about the Colts. I think, uh, man, it's just I've uh, just been traumatized over the years uh, getting beat by uh, what I feel like is uh, a lackluster Colts teams. Thursday. We're a slight favor. I feel a bit like we're going to win more than we're going to lose, mainly because it's a short week. We're going to stay in Nashville. The Colts have to travel having the home field advantage, even if without fans, just not having to travel, having your own bed, all these little things make up the difference because I think us and the Colts are basically even on a neutral field. All right, John, what's your fit? You know, the thing I look for in a game like this with short turnaround, how is the coach going to get this these teams prepared? And we know Frank Reich is going to have our the Colts ready to go, and we know Vrabel is going to have the Titans ready to go, and – we talked about Derrick Henry's limited usage, and you can see on Sunday's game that that was kind of a surprise to him, and he was a little a little aggravated that he wasn't in there all the time. So I almost wonder if they game-planned mm -hmm. to you know rest him and just didn't tell him so that he would play angry on Thursday, and I think that's the best version of Henry we need. I like our chances, especially like Landon said, at home. You know, you just have the the familiarity and, and you're comfortable. Whereas Indianapolis, I, I imagine they'll fly. Maybe they'll, I don't think they drive. Midweek travel is the thing that gets me. And, uh, you know, we've we've already been through a lot of adversity this season. And I just like our chances on a short week. Well, fellas, Thursday will come quick. And so will this Titans victory, we all hope. So we're going to get back to you guys after the game with our normal recap and kind of talk about what went right, what went wrong, and hopefully we're talking about a W. So until then, fellas, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs>